Matthew chapter number 17 this morning. Matthew 17 this morning. Amen. I don't know if this will work or not. I just now thought about it, but it might. If I don't fall off here and break my neck. All right, yeah, that worked. That worked pretty good. All right. See if this will work. Matthew 17 this morning, verse number uh, 24. And the Bible said, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doest not your master pay tribute? And he saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, what thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom of tribute, of their own children or of strangers? And Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. And Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast a hook, and take up the fish, and that first cometh up when thou hast opened his mouth, Thou shalt find a piece of money that that take and give unto them for me and for thee. Thank you and be seated. Our Father, we come to you this morning. And oh, it's good, Lord, just to sit and listen to the music and the songs. And uh, Lord, let, uh, let us be, uh, Lord, brought into a, uh, Lord, a, a place of worship. And uh, Lord, it's good when you get the right songs, the songs about the blood and Lord, the winning side. Uh, Lord, them kind of songs that make the evil spirits go away. And uh, Lord, that have gathered around us as we went through the world this week. And Father, we ask today that Lord, you'd take charge of this service today. Brother Steve was talking about demonic spirits, uh, Lord, in our day and age. And uh, we believe it. And we pray you'd take charge today, uh, Lord, over any that might try to hinder, uh, Lord, the preaching of the Word of God today or the worship uh, of God or someone coming to Jesus, Lord, this morning. Lord, I thank you for saving my soul. I thank you for, uh, Lord, doing what I couldn't do for myself. I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you that heaven's meal barrel, that it's never empty. There's always enough in there for one more. Lord, help us today to make that clear that the devil would like to make confusion. Lord, we know you're not the author of that. And uh, Lord, we ask you to give us plainness of speech. We ask you to give us liberty to preach. We ask you to touch our hearts today. And Lord, we'll be thankful for what all you do today because we ask it in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I want to look this morning... And I want to preach a message on the coin and the hook and the fish. All found there in that last verse, uh, verse 27, said, Cast a hook and take up the fish, and thou shalt find a piece of money. Now stuck, stuck here at the end of this chapter, 
the end of chapter 17, stuck here, these last few verses there, only in this gospel, uh, you don't find this in any other gospel, only in this gospel. Of course, Matthew was a tax collector, interested in money, and uh, more than any of the rest of them probably was. Uh, I know Peter, uh, he wasn't too much interested in it, John, some of the others, but Matthew was a tax collector. And stuck here at the end of this chapter that seemingly makes no sense whatsoever, we have these few verses here, verse 24 through verse 27. And uh, we find out right away that it tells us about a place. Uh, He said uh, there that they were in, uh, when they were come to Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was Jesus' headquarters. Uh, When you study the Bible out, you'll find out that his ministry headquarters was in Capernaum. And it was also where that Peter lived and Jesus took, uh, Peter took Jesus in Mark uh, 1, he took Jesus to his house after synagogue service because his mother-in-law was sick and he wanted her to be prayed for. And uh, so we know this place is Capernaum. And we're told that in this place called Capernaum, there's a problem. And we're told what the problem is, and it'd be a problem maybe to us, and it was a problem to them. The Bible said uh, that those that, uh, those that received tribute money, those that received this money, they came to the house there where Peter was. Probably, more than likely, probably Peter's house where they came to. Uh, because of the kind of people they were, they would have knew where he lived and they uh, would have had a record of that. So they came to this place and they came with a problem. And the problem is that Peter's not paid his temple tax. He's not paid his tribute money yet. And so they've come and they've come to find out why and to possibly be able to collect that. And not only are we told of a place, Capernaum, a problem, Peter has not paid his taxes, but also a plan. The Bible said, The Lord said, Go thou to the sea and cast in a hook and bring up the first fish and thou shalt find money. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that in this place where there was a problem, God had a plan. Amen. And there's a message in this scripture. There's a message from this coin and this hook and this fish. And I want us to look at it this morning. First of all, we see here a message of providence. You say, what do you mean? Well, uh, the Lord, uh, he's already got this covered. Uh, when Peter comes in and starts to tell the Lord about it, the Lord says, hold it. Just hush up right there. And the Lord said, go down to the sea. And he said, cast in a hook, bring up the first fish that comes up, take the money out of his mouth and pay you, pay you tribute. So the Lord already had this covered. Aren't you glad in the providence of God that whatever you're worried about this morning, he's done got covered. Aren't you worried about this morning that whatever's going on in your life or in this country or in this world as far as that goes, aren't you glad he's done got it covered? He done got a plan, amen? And the Bible says that 
Uh, the Lord said, Go thou to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Now we have a principle here that's all the way through the Bible. And uh, we can start in Genesis and go all the way to Revelations. Uh, and we'll find out that every problem that comes up, God has already got it covered. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God didn't have to call a council and, and, and wring his hands and worry about what he was going to do. Uh, uh, the Lord already knew exactly what he was going to do. Amen. Now that blesses me this morning. I see it in the life of Abraham. We see the principle in Abraham's life when God told Abraham, Genesis 22, God said, Abraham, take thy son, thy only son, and offer him upon Mount Moriah. And Abraham obedient to the Lord. He takes Isaac, goes up the mountain there. And you probably know the story how that when Abraham had the knife drawn back and Abraham was fixing to take the life of his uh, only son, promised son that God had given him, uh, uh, God said, Abraham, Abraham. Uh, he said, don't do it. Uh, the Bible said, God said, I'll provide myself a lamb. And while so, there have been songs wrote about while that Abraham and Isaac were coming up this side of the mountain that God had a ram working his way up this side of the mountain. Uh, and so the ram was already there when uh, he needed him. God had already provided. And Abraham said, after it's all done, Abraham said, I'm going to call this place uh, Jehovah Jireh. Well, that word Jehovah Jireh, you know what that means? That means the Lord will provide. Uh, and uh, so Abraham said, uh, I'm going to call this place uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord uh, uh, will provide. Uh, and then he went on to say this, he said, in the mount of the Lord uh, it shall be seen. Uh, uh, in other words, in essence, uh, he was saying the Lord sees my need uh, uh, before I even need it. Amen. Uh, uh, that blesses me this morning. I don't know if it helps you any or not, but it helps me this morning. Uh, and then the Bible said that that same principle is seen throughout the word of God. Uh, uh, that same principle is seen uh, in prayer. Uh, in Matthew 6, the Lord gives us this little bit of information and the Lord says, your father uh, which is in heaven he knows what you need uh, before you even ask amen uh, and so I'm glad this morning whatever you got to ask God for today he already knows about it amen uh, I'm glad that whatever problem you got today he's already got a plan uh, uh, it's already worked out in his uh, time amen uh, and so we see a, a message of, a, of the providence uh, of God out of this corn and hook and fish but then I want to say this. We see a message of purpose. Verse 24 said, And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute money. Now you say, Brother Rick, what is this business of tribute money? Well, uh, you got to go back to the Old Testament to find it out. A lot of times you got to go to the Old Testament to find out something in the New Testament. And always you got to go to the New Testament to find out the meaning of the Old Testament. Uh, but the Bible said there in Exodus 30 and verse 11, the Bible said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul 
unto the Lord when thou numberest them that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they shall give. Everyone that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary, a shekel is twenty gerards, and a half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Everyone that passeth among them are numbered. From twenty years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less. Then a half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And so what, what they're doing here, God is the one that instituted it and God has a purpose in doing it. Uh, God always has a purpose. God don't never do things just to be doing things because he's bored and don't have nothing else to do. Uh, whatever God does, God has a purpose in what he does. Uh, and the Bible said here that it wasn't Moses. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, that preacher, all he preaches about is money. Uh, that preacher wants our money. Uh, I wasn't the one that started this tithing business. Amen. Uh, uh, the Bible said here that it was the Lord that told Moses. Amen. Uh, uh, it was the Lord that told Moses to take up this this uh, tribute money, this, if you will, this tabernacle tax, uh, it was the Lord that said do it. Uh, uh, now in what we read, uh, it said uh, some strange things there. It said give this money, take up this tribute tax. Uh, in verse 12, he said it for a ransom for the soul. Uh, and then he says a little bit farther on there, uh, he says uh, there in verse 15, uh, take it up for an atonement for uh, the soul. Do you see that? Uh, uh, now you and I, we know that uh, we know that we can't buy our way to heaven. We know that we can't buy our way uh, uh, into the throne of grace. Uh, you see what preacher said right there that they were given this money for a ransom. They were given this money for the atonement of the soul. Uh, uh, well, read a little bit farther there. In Leviticus, Leviticus 17 and verse 11, the Bible said there in Leviticus 17 and verse 11, he said, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make what? An atonement for the soul. And so we know that for an atonement to be made for the soul, there has to be blood. Amen. You can't do it with silver and gold. It has to be blood. The Bible said Job knew that in Job 33 and verse 24. Job said, Then he is gracious unto him and saith, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Amen. Job said, I've found a ransom for my soul. Amen. And we know that's what Peter meant when Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and 18, he said, for as much as you know, we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from the vain conversation of our fathers, but with a lamb without blemish and without spot. In other words, with the precious blood of the Lord 
Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, uh, you say, well, preacher, uh, if that's the case, why did it say uh, as a ransom for your soul? If that's the case, why did it say uh, as an atonement for the soul? Uh, uh, because that money's being took up for the tabernacle. Uh, uh, there has to be a place uh, uh, where those lambs can be offered. There has to be a place uh, uh, where the, those sacrifices can be made. Uh, and so this money is given as a, a tribute tax for the tabernacle uh, uh, so that the things that really atone the soul uh, uh, can be offered there. Amen. Uh, and so we see the one asking the Lord. We see that the atonement money has to do with the blood. Uh, and then we see an appointment there. The Bible said there in verse 16, Exodus 30, the Bible said there, appointed for the service of the tabernacle. Do you see that there? Uh, uh, he said this money that's taken up, uh, uh, this money that's given, uh, uh, it's going to be used for the services of the tabernacle. Uh, it's going to be used to replace something that broke over here. Uh, it's going to be used to buy something that's needed over here. Uh, and this tabernacle tax, the money, uh, is going to be used uh, uh, to keep God's tabernacle going and supply what uh, they have need of there. Amen. Uh, and so we see there from this coin, this fish, uh, and this hook, we see a message of purpose. Uh, but then let me say thirdly, we see a message of protection. Look at verse 24 there. And the Bible said, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doeth not your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him saying, so forth and so on. And so we see here that there is a message of protection. You say, what do you mean? Don't you see the devil in that? You say, what do you mean? Yeah, preacher, I think the devil's in paying taxes. I, I, no, I don't mean that. Don't you see the devil in this picture here that we have painted in the Word of God? You say, what do, what do you mean? Well, you'll have to go all the way back to the beginning of chapter uh, 17 in Matthew uh, and look where they were. Look where they just came from. Uh, the Bible said then take a, uh, Peter, James, and Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John uh, up into the mountain. Amen. Uh, uh, folks, isn't it true? Uh, doesn't it always work this way? Uh, whenever God gives you a mountaintop experience, uh, uh, whenever God takes you up into the mountain, uh, don't the devil always show up at your door uh, and my door uh, uh, why we know that so well uh, I've heard people say after a Holy Ghost service uh, I've heard people walk out man it was good this morning but I dread to see what the devil's going to do this week amen uh, uh, isn't it true that every time God blesses his people uh, uh, that the devil shows up uh, and tries to discourage them now not only that uh, uh, but we find a little farther down in that chapter when they get down from the mountain there uh, uh, we find there's a boy that's demon possessed uh, a boy that is possessed by the devil amen uh, and uh, the disciples couldn't cast him out they didn't have the power to do it uh, uh, because they didn't pray enough they didn't fast enough uh, uh, but Jesus he gets up prays early in the morning he prays all through the night uh, and Jesus said bring him to me uh, and so they brought that boy to Jesus uh, and the Bible said he cast the devil out of him uh, uh, well the devil's trying to throw him in the fire throw him in the water trying every way in the world to keep that boy from coming to Jesus uh, 
Uh, the, the devil's doing that just like he does some of y'all every Sunday morning. Uh, uh, he does everything, every thought comes in your mind to keep you from coming to Jesus. Uh, but the Bible said uh, uh, that they got the devil out of that boy. Uh, uh, did you know any time uh, uh, you take some of the devil's property, he don't like that. Uh, Amen. Uh, he don't mind taking yours. He'll steal you blind. He'll take everything you got. Uh, uh, but I want you to know this, uh, uh, that uh, that they had been a part of winning this man to the Lord. This boy had got the devil out of his life. Uh, how many ever got saved and then their husband got saved and some of the kids got saved uh, and then all hell broke loose. Uh, uh, amen for a little while. You say, why is that? The devil don't like to let go of his. Don't you remember how Pharaoh followed him all the way to the Red Sea? Uh, uh, don't you remember how that he even started in across the Red Sea? Uh, uh, those that he said let go, those that he couldn't stop from going because God had already told him to go. Uh, uh, the devil followed them all the way. Amen. Uh, and so I got a sneaking suspicion that the devil's uh, going to be following us all the way until uh, uh, we enter the door of heaven. Amen. Uh, but I want you to know Notice here that the Bible said that Peter's been blessed, man. Uh, uh, they've been up on the mountaintop. Uh, they saw Jesus transfigured. Uh, uh, they saw things that nobody else had ever seen. Uh, and they come down and now they see a boy uh, get the devil cast out of him. Amen. Uh, I mean, they're walking They're walking in tall cotton. I mean, they're walking on the clouds. Uh, and they get now they're home. He can't wait to tell uh, uh, what all's went on and what happens, uh, he gets home and here's these two uh, uh, temple tax collectors uh, uh, waiting for him there at the door, Ever how many there was. Uh, and when they came, they came right there and they said, uh, doeth not your master pay tribute. Now, that's an odd thing. Uh, uh, they came to Peter's house uh, uh, where he lived in Capernaum. Uh, they were they're looking for Peter's tax money, uh, and they say, don't your master pay tax. Uh, uh, well, that's the way the devil works. He's not really concerned about you or me. Uh, uh, the devil's concerned about Jesus, and uh, casting bad reflections on him and making him look bad. Uh, and so the devil said, doeth not your master pay, t pay tribute. And Peter immediately, he doesn't know, he said, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, maybe he had seen the Lord pay it. Maybe he didn't know, but he knew if it was right to pay it, that Jesus had paid it. Because Jesus always does what's right. Amen. And he said, yes, looks like Jesus has already went in the house and they caught Peter outside. Let me let you in on a little secret. The devil likes to catch you away from Jesus. The devil likes to catch you away from church, away from the prayer closet, away from the Bible, away from other Christians. The devil likes to catch you when you're all alone and he catches Peter there and the Bible says that, he says, do not your master pay tribute? And the Bible said when he was come in the house, Jesus prevented him, stopped him, said he knew what he was going to say. He knows everything. He knew what Lance was going to say before Lance said it this morning. He knew what Mark was going to say. He knows what I'm going to say. 
And he comes in there and he starts in the door and he, and, he, and he just barely gets the word out and Jesus prevented him. He stopped him. He said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus, here's what he said. What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom of tribute of their own children or of strangers? And Jesus saith unto him, of strangers. And Jesus said unto him, then are the children free? Here's what Jesus was saying, Simon, you know how this thing works. When a king comes in, conquers another country, and takes over that other country, does that king pay tribute? No, he don't. The people he's took over pays it. Does his children pay it? No, they don't. The king's family don't have to pay anything. The strangers, the other people have to pay it. And so Jesus was saying in essence, I I don't owe anything. And you don't owe anything. Jesus was saying because he said, I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. I I don't pay tribute. They pay it to me. Amen. And he says, you're one of my children. You're one of my sons. And so he said, you're free also. But he said, nevertheless, lest we offend them. There's something to remember. You say, I don't care if I offend anybody or not. Jesus did. Jesus said, nevertheless, we don't owe this. We don't have to pay it. But he said, nevertheless, he said, unless they get offended at us, he said, here's what you do. He said, verse 27, he said, you go down. He said, to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou open his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and for thee. And so what we have here, we have the Lord Jesus and he gives He gives protection to Peter here. He says, Peter, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. Here's what you're going to do. I know they've come after you, but I'm going to take care of you. I just want to say this morning that when the devil comes after you and when the devil comes after me, I'm glad we got one that steps in uh, and he's going to take care of us. Amen. Uh, and so we see a message of the Lord's uh, uh, protection. And I see the devil here in the timing of this thing. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible said that the time it happened was like I said, it was right after a great blessing. That's a lot of times when the devil shows up. Right after a great blessing. And I can tell by the talk that it's the devil. You say, how do you know that? Because he said, doeth not your master pay tribute. Doesn't the devil always put down Jesus? Doesn't the devil always try to cast a bad light on Jesus? Doesn't the devil always make Jesus look bad? Amen. I know it's the devil because of the time he shows up. I know it's the devil because of the talk that he says. But watch this. I know it's the devil because the truth gets rid of him. Amen. You say, what do you mean? The Bible said, um, and the Bible said here, he said, he said, Jesus prevented him. Amen. You see, these people come down there and what they're trying to do, they're trying to get something on Jesus. They're always trying to get something on Jesus. Amen. Let me, let me, let me give you something good here. 
You cannot get anything on anybody that knows what you're going to say before you say it. All the times they come to the Lord, whose wife is she? What's the greatest commandment? All the times they come to the Lord, they can never get anything on the Lord because He knows what they're thinking before it comes out of their mouth. He already knows it. Amen. You think I could get anything on Brother Sammy this morning if he knew that everything I was thinking, everything that I was going to do, he knew it before I'd done it. There'd be no way for me to get anything over on him. And you can rest assured the devil is not going to get anything over on Jesus. Amen. Why, he so much knows that he wrote it in the book and give it to you. He said, here's what the devil's going to do. He said, here's what he's going to do at this point. Here's what he's going to do at this point. Here's what he's going to do at this point. That's pretty good preaching. That helped me. Amen. The Lord already knows all about the devil. But then we get down to verse 27, which is the main part of my message this morning. And not only do we see in this corn and this fish and this hook a message of providence, a message of purpose, a message of protection, but we see here a message on a picture of salvation. You say, how in the world... Could a hook and a fish and a coin, how in the world could that picture salvation by grace through the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, let's take the coin first. Believe it or not, that's a penny. It says one cent on it. And it was 1828. Huh? No, but I would like to have a real one. I got one right here. You think the value of the dollar ain't went down? Hey, man, how'd you like to have a hundred of them in your pocket? You better have a good belt or some galluses, amen. The coin there, you say, how does this coin, what does it have to do? Well, this coin... Is a picture of humanity. Matter of fact, it's even got a man on it. It's got a picture of a man on it. And this coin, think about where it's at. It's in the sea. The Bible many times talks about the sea as being the sea of humanity. Uh, Revelations 13, the Antichrist comes up out of the sea. Not the sea out there, but the sea of humanity. And so we see this corn, and corns are not supposed to be in the sea. The corns are supposed to be in your pocket or your bank or, or in your glove box or somewhere. They're not supposed to be in the sea. But here is a corn with a picture of a man on it, and it's all the way at the bottom of the sea. Now this corn with a picture of a man on it, it's not made to be in the sea. It's not where it's supposed to be. Amen? It's supposed to be in the offering plate. It's supposed to be in your pocket. It's supposed to be in your bank. But here is a, a corn, a dark corn, 
with a picture of a man on it at the bottom of the sea. How did it get there? Well, there's only one way it could have got there. There was another man that somehow or another through an accident or an incident or something that happened, maybe while he was out fishing or something, he dropped that coin. He dropped that coin in the water. You know why you and I this morning are where we are? Because way back there, there was another man that had us in him and he fell. He fell into sin and we fell with him. And so, the man on this coin is where he is because some man done something that he shouldn't have done. He dropped the coin, it fell, and it went in the sea. And if I drop this coin, which I will, it didn't go up, it went down. You say, why did that coin go down, Brother Rick? It went down because of something we call gravity. Amen. Gravity sounds a whole lot like depravity. You know why that we go down and down and down? It's not because of gravity, it's because of depravity. That we keep falling and falling and falling. And this coin did not float on the top. It did not go a foot and then stay there underwater. This coin went all the way to the bottom. This coin went as far as it could possibly go. Like humanity. Was it, uh, I believe it was Sunday school teacher or Sunday school superintendent that made this statement this morning about humanity and all the things we see going on and we can't believe that men and women have fallen so far into sin to do the things to stoop as low as what they're going. Well, that's because man is depraved and man will go all the way to the bottom. Do you know what that lowest place is called in the Bible? In Revelations 9, it's called an abyss. Do you know what the word, the English word for the word abyss, do you know what it means? It means a pit. Man has fallen all the way. He's went all the way down. He's fallen. He's going to go all the way down and he's going to go as low as he can go. Moses called it the lowest hell. He's going to go as low as he can go. He's going to go all the way down to the pit. Job said, I've found a ransom for my soul. One to deliver me from the pit. You notice the color of this coin? I'm glad David emptied out all his Sunday school money up here. It's really helped me out, brother. Don't look like this coin. We used to look like this. Adam looked like this, shiny. No spots, no problems. But after Adam sinned, 
And men started falling and falling. It started to look like this. Now this thing fell, and you know what's in the bottom of the sea. Muck and mire. Mud. And this thing fell, and it went all the way to the bottom of the sea in the muck and the mire. I don't know how long it's been laying there. But I know this. The longer it lays there, the dirtier it gets. And you see this image on this man here. After it's laid in the muck and the mire for a pretty good while, uh, you can't much see the image because it's covered up by the muck and the mire. Amen? That's why. You see the image is still there, but it's marred. God made man, God made you, and God made me in what? In the image of God. Some of that image is still there, but oh, is it marred. Oh, is it marred. You can still see a little of God, but not much, because it's marred by the muck and the mire in this world that it's been down in for a long time. Amen. That coin there is called a Greek stair. It's worth 64 cents. Can you imagine paying 64 cents in taxes? Hallelujah. This coin was worth about 75 cents. Enough, enough to pay the taxes that was owed. Now, as we look at this thing, I want you to see that this thing, that it has a design on it, it's got a man on it. It's it falls into a dark place. It becomes dirty. It's pulled down because of depravity, and it's all the way in the lowest pit. All the way in the lowest pit. That's man. That's man. But then we have my three dollar fish. Thank God for the dollar store. I preached a sermon the other day. I preached a sermon the other day with a $25 pot. This sermon's only worth $3. But I went into the dollar store. I'm not even looking for a fish. I went into the dollar store yesterday. What? Well, the Lord knows what we need for West. And he knows how much money I got, three dollars. <laughs> Amen. And so now the Lord said, You go down there, and the Lord said, You go down and you cast a hook. A hook. A hook. That's a big hook right there. I normally don't use that size. I use a little bluegill size normally. But the Lord said, You go down there and you cast a hook. Cast a hook. You say, what does that hook represent? The cross. You say, how can that hook represent the cross? Well, first of all, because ain't nothing fancy about this, 
It's just plain. It's not a gold hook. It's nothing fancy about it. It's just a plain old hook. Now you see these crosses and they're like that. They're all slicked up, look nice and everything. The one you got around your neck. But there ain't nothing fancy about the cross. There ain't nothing pretty about the cross. It was just plain and rough and a tree. Amen. Nothing plain about it. Nothing pretty about it. You see, this thing here, and I've got to be awful careful. But you know what that hook is made to do? That hook is made to pierce that fish. I believe our Lord, when they put him on the cross, I, I believe our Lord, I believe the Bible says they perished my hands and my feet. Amen. I, I believe that's what it said. And that hook is made to perish. But I want you to notice something. That hook cast into the sea, that hook, it, it's attached, it's connected with something up above. Amen. I want you to know that hook that's cast into the sea, it's got a power up there that's greater than the power down here. Amen. And so he says, cast a hook. Now, I don't know if you notice this or not. It's plain. I can't even catch fish with bait on it. The Lord said, cast a hook. Normally, I have been to a few ponds over the years where the fish were literally starved to death uh, and you could throw anything in there and they'd bite it. I have caught a few fish on an empty hook. Uh, but normally, if you go down to a place where that fish are fed, where that fish have vegetation to eat, where that fish are growing and healthy, they're not going to bite a plain hook. Uh, uh, you know what you got to do? You got to put something on there to entice them. Uh, uh, you got to put a minnow on there. Uh, uh, you got to put a worm on there. Uh, you got to put some kind of something on there to entice the fish to bite the hook. But the Lord said, go down and cast a plain hook in there. Why did He say plain? Because nothing enticed Jesus to go to the cross. The devil tried to entice Jesus in Matthew 4. He baited the hook and lowered it down and said, if you'll worship me, all of this will be yours. Jesus ain't biting. He said, if you go up on the top of the mountain and cast yourself off, he said, the Lord will hold you up. Jesus ain't biting. You see, this thing looks like a plain hook. There's no reason for that fish to bite this hook. There's no reason for Jesus to go to the cross, let them pierce His hands and His feet, uh, other than Him and His Father have agreed to do this, uh, and He's going down there for one reason, because He's not enticed, He's not tricked, uh, He's not deceived, He goes down there because He wants to. No man hath the power to take my life, I lay it down. 
Amen. So, there's a power behind that hook. Amen. Well, the coin represents fallen man. I'll pick it up in a minute. I should trim my fingernails this morning. The coin represents fallen man. The hook represents the cross. Amen. So there's only one thing left, and that's the fish. The Bible said, he said, go down there, cast a hook and take up the first fish. First of all, that fish represents the Lord Jesus. You say, how so, Brother Rick? Have you ever got behind, I tried to find one, but I couldn't, but if you ever got behind a car and on the bumper of that car it says, I love Jesus, and right out to the side it's got a picture of a thing that looks like a fish. And you probably wondered what in the world has a fish got to do with I love Jesus. Well, there's a name for that thing. I couldn't even begin to start to pronounce it. But you can look it up. You can Google it. You can find out. There's a name for that emblem. And where that emblem come from was back in the days of heavy persecution and people had to go underground and undercover. They would want other Christians to know they were a Christian. And so they'd make a sign of a fish on the door of their house or outside somewhere that make a sign of the fish. Uh, uh, did you know that word? Uh, uh, that word that that thing is called? Uh, uh, that word uh, uh, in the language it was wrote in? Uh, uh, you transferred over into the language our day? And did you know that word? Each letter of that word makes a letter and it spells out the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says this fish here, it's a sign. You say, why a fish? Why not? When Jesus went looking for disciples, he walked on the seashore and he found those that were fishers of men. You say, why a fish? Why not a fish? When a multitude needed something to eat, Jesus used two small fishes. Why not a fish? After the resurrection, Jesus met with those on the Emmaus Road uh, and he ate a piece of boiled fish. Uh, Why not a fish? Uh, In John 21, when the disciples were fishing and couldn't catch no fish, uh, uh, when they came to shore, Jesus uh, had bread and fish on the fire. Why not a fish? So the sign. Now the Suggestion. Where'd my coin go? Did you get it, Steve? Okay. This coin, when he casts that hook and brings it up, there's a coin. Where's the coin at? It's in the fish's mouth. Now, if the hook perished the fish, most times you catch a fish and you bring it up, you see no blood. 
Why? Because the water washes it off before it gets to you and it's done quit bleeding. But you go catch one of them trout, Brother Ronald. You go catch a trout, and I mean, you just barely, barely nick one of them, and they're going to bleed, as the old saying is, like a stuck hog. Amen. But if this coin is in the fish's mouth, which represents man, the hook is in the fish's lip, uh, which represents the Lord, uh, and if it perished the lip and the blood come out, it had to go on this coin. Amen. You see, the suggestion is this. Here's the suggestion. The payment that's needed, the payment that's needed is inside the fish. Is anybody running ahead of me? You getting this? The payment you and I needed was not the fish. We needed what was in the fish. I, the Lord, the life of the flesh is in the blood. I, the Lord, have given it on, an, on the altar for an atonement for your sins. Uh, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, who washed us from our sins in his own blood. It's the blood, David. It's the blood. The payment for, the payment Peter needed was inside the fish. Now you know what happens when that fish gets hooked? He didn't just swim up to the boat and say, you got me. First thing that fish is going to do, he's going to take a dive. He's going to go down low as he can go. He's going to get in, get under something, get around something. He's going to do that, amen. He's going to go down deep as he can go. That's what he's going to do. I'll tell you when our lovely Lord, I'll tell you when he took, when he he didn't take the bait, he took the hook for you and me. Amen. I I thank God he took the hook. And you say, what happened? He went down. They laid him in a tomb. They laid him in a grave. And the Bible said he went further down than that. It said before he ascended, he descended and went down into the very pits of hell, the very abyss of hell. He went down. You say, what happened, preacher? I'll tell you what happened after three days there was a power greater than the hook there was a power that brought that fish up up from the grave he arose with a mighty trap over his foes thank God he's raised by the power of God amen raised by the power of God so so we know what the fish is. So he brings up the fish. Opens his mouth. The coin's in his mouth. Okay. He says, Lord, what a God. You ever walked to the mailbox and started back and said, what a God. If you ever went to work on Christmas and they hand you an envelope, you open it up and said, what a God, a Christmas bonus. Peter brings that fish up and he opens up its mouth. Just like the Lord said, that coin's in there. And he takes that coin out and the Lord said, now you go on down there and you pay your temple tax for me and thee. You say, that's not right English. Well, in heaven it is. 
Lord said, you go down there and pay it for me and thee. In essence, I think what the Lord's hinting at is I don't really owe anything. But we don't want to offend them, so go down there and pay it for me and thee. So Peter went down there to the temple. And when you got down there to the temple, they have a register like they got over here at the sheriff's office. And what that register is, it shows everybody that has paid their temple tax. And they go down there, and Peter goes down there, and he says, I want to pay my taxes. They said, was there your house yesterday? You didn't have no money to pay them. I got money now. Where'd you get it at? Let me tell you about it. He said, I want to pay my taxes, and I want to pay Jesus Christ's taxes. If He owes any, I want to pay them. They said, all right, well, that's a wild story. We'll probably arrest you next week for stealing. But we'll write it down here. We'll put the date down here. And we'll put right here, I don't think it said Peter because Jesus gave him that name. But I think it would have there on that register, it would have the name Simon. They go down there and they say, yep, here you are right here. And they say, all right. And here's what it'd say. Simon paid in full. Amen. 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 I don't know how that I stay so quiet, uh, but I'm glad this morning, thank God, uh, that my, what I owed uh, was found in the side of the one on the cross. Uh, and if you went to my place this morning, looked up my name, it'd say Rick S. Prophet paid in full. Thank God. Paid in full. That's why the Lord did that. I believe. Jesus said, search the book. For in it it's written to me. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. Amen. We don't owe temple tax. We owe the wages of sin. But aren't you glad the Lord came down from glory, took the hook for you and me, bled on an old rugged cross, made it so that if you and I will have it, paid in full. Paid in full. Father, I come to you this morning. 